Hey, Vanessa here. Since you listen to Nocturne, I'm betting you're someone who's curious about the world around you and loves deeply told stories, particularly those with rich sound design. So you will definitely enjoy Radiolab, a nonfiction podcast for people who find wonder in our world. Episodes are fascinating, smart, and sometimes funny, like the recently released Flop Off. After what we think was a disappointing year... Here at Radiolab, we got obsessed with flops. Fun flops, painful flops, embarrassing flops. Hot, steaming pile of garbage. Flippity flops, flops that make your dreams come true. Flops that set you free. From Radiolab, an homage to the flop. Are you in pain? Wherever you get podcasts. Listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. It's a vehicle? Are we hearing a car or an animal? Those are lions tussling. The sun is setting, the sky is darkening, and three male lions are having a little scuffle nearby. I've been walking and golf carting around tree-lined helipads perched high above the city of Oakland. The sound of birds barely competes with that of the freeway, but in the waning light among the absence of zoo visitors, it's eerie and wonderful when an elephant locks eyes with me. The sound of the lions was so unexpected that I really did think it was a car at first. Jason knew what it was right away. My name is Jason Knight, and I am the primary nightkeeper at Oakland Zoo. Yes, his name is Jason Knight, and he's the night keeper. So, sort of made for this job. Kent and I are here with Jason and two other zoo employees, Adam and Isabella. Jason has a lot of ground to cover, so we're zooming around in golf carts. We have to get moving here in a minute. I mean, I do have to focus on my work right now. Okay. So, uh, let's move out. Yeah, cool. Can I get, hop on the back of yours? Is that just, yeah, you can, just sit, so can get some. sit in the passenger seat. Okay, great. It's a treat for me anytime I get to share the zoo after hours with somebody. And frankly, I think it is a little more magical in the dark, but um, anytime that we're here without the public here, it's uh, special, I think, anyway. How long have you um, had the shop? Almost exactly five years. It'll be five years in two weeks. Part of the reason I landed this position was that I have sort of an odd set of skills. I've done a lot of solo backpacking. I do a lot of solo scuba diving, solo night diving. My previous zoo job was largely with rattlesnakes and stuff, and I always worked alone. So I'm very comfortable working alone, solving problems on my own, and being around you know, potentially dangerous animals is something I'm accustomed to. So I feel like I was really made for this job. It's wonderful. To be around the elephants and the giraffe, it's a treat. Every night, I just can't believe I'm doing it. It's completely amazing, you know, and very intimate since I'm usually the only keeper here. I know I'm not alone in that I find the idea of a zoo to be tinged with sadness. The animals are not where they're meant to be. But the good zoos do a lot of good, like education, advocacy, 
taking in injured animals who won't survive in the wild, and helping in species conservation. The Oakland Zoo has worked with a native tribe in Montana to breed and reintroduce full-blood buffalo on the edge of extinction, rescued grizzly bear cubs from Alaska, and mountain lion cubs abandoned on the side of a road in Southern California. The list goes on. But that's not what this is about. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to bring the rabbits inside. So I'm going to open up the door for them and then kind of let them know what's going to happen and then sort of gently herd them through the little door. Okay. This is a story about bedtime at the zoo. Time to go to bed. I see three rabbits, two large tan colored and one grayish. That has not had any effect yet. All right, guys, let's go. There we go. That's a good bunny rabbit. Come on, guys. Come on. Time to go. Time to go. No, not up there. The rabbits are kind of wandering back and forth, not really reacting to the sound of the triangle. But Jason knows what he's doing. Come on. That's a good bunny rabbit. Okay. And now we have four happy bunny rabbits inside their enclosure. So as I go around, I make notes of the times that I shift animals and any observations I make. And then at the end of the night, I uh, produce a document that I send to all the keepers so they know whatever I may have encountered tonight, and what time I put people to bed and stuff. Okay, now we're gonna head up to uh, feed the eland and the giraffe. We'll feed the eland really, but the giraffe will be there begging. And um, so we're gonna hop in our carts and cruise up there. Great. Do the bunnies usually come that quickly? Well, they made me look pretty good tonight. Yeah, sometimes it's uh, pretty comedic when they decide to run up and down the hill a few times and you know how it is. If I'm in a hurry, then it's gonna happen. They're relatively new rabbits. The behavior of shifting into the night house is still pretty new for them. So they've been doing pretty well. I'm not sure the triangle is really working yet, but the whole process of me showing up and, and me talking to them and the opening of the door, I'll cue them in on what's happening. We shift them in to protect them from predation. Animals are not susceptible to things like that. We can leave out, the rabbits have to go in. Excuse me while I turn these lights off real quick. Sure. It's not a large zoo, but it's bordered by open space and parkland. And while you can hear how close you are to the city of Oakland, we're so high above it that you could pretend you're visiting a zoo in the sky or in another dimension, particularly as the light dims and the shadows of giraffe begin to appear. There are no people to be seen anywhere. So are you usually the only one here or just... I'm usually the only people here. How you doing? You doing pretty good? Who's that? These are our macaws, and I, I, I can't recite all their names. The macaws used to live in a different part of the zoo, and I would put them to bed at night. And so I developed a relationship with a couple of them. And they really do this calling at sunset as a way to bring the flock together for roosting at nighttime. But I sort of capitalize on it, and I have a little chit-chat every night with them and a little routine. And I'm, I'm hoping to get them, this is really nerdy, but I'm hoping to eventually get them to answer me, you know, pretty good when I ask, how you doing? 
I really don't hold out much hope in making any progress with that, but it's my little game. Jason's shift goes from 2.30 in the afternoon until 11 at night. I really enjoy the first part of my shift. When I come in, I work for a couple hours preparing diets, mostly primate diets, baboons, chimps, squirrel monkeys, siamang, gibbon. And that's really my social time. Usually when I wake up, my housemates are gone to work. Um, I come in, I make diets and visit with my coworkers across the table as we're preparing the diets. And then by the time I really start running around, the zoo is pretty much emptied out and I spend the rest of my evening alone. So those two or three hours I get around other human beings um, are pretty important to me and I, I really enjoy them a lot. I tend to talk a little too much because I, that's my one chance to get conversation in. You know, I'm talking to all the animals all night long because I'm here by myself. I spend maybe two or three hours a day around other people. And then the rest of my day, I'm either alone or just around animals, so. So tell me the main things that you notice change at the zoo when it gets dark. Well, the main thing is obviously it gets a lot quieter. And then of course at nighttime, it gets very dark here and it's very, it's really a completely different environment at nighttime. Um, but mostly from the soundscape, I would say. You can hear the, the wind through the trees, you can hear the birds, you can hear all the environmental sounds, and it just feels uh, very intimate. And I think the darkness sort of plays into that. Around dusk, we'll get, you know, the macaws calling and stuff, but then that dies down and it's just really very quiet here. An occasional intrusion of uh, city noise, but it's genuinely peaceful here at nighttime. There are rarely human visitors in the zoo at night, but there are visitors. Oh, there's a whole cast of characters in here at night. People don't realize how many native animals are around the zoo at nighttime. It's obvious if you think about it for five seconds, but it's something that the public doesn't see and most of my coworkers don't see are the native animals that come and cruise around here at nighttime. And that, that's pretty special. See coyotes during the um, dusk hours around elephants or sometimes behind uh, camels. I'm always a little bit surprised that they come around because this is such a boisterous place during the day and they're here pretty quick after, after the guests go away. We have a lot of deer. Um, there's possums and raccoons, of course ravens, turkeys, foxes, and there used to be a lot of skunks. It used to be, I would typically see five or six skunks on one trip across the zoo, um, but we got these sort of animal-proof garbage cans about two years ago, and almost overnight, all of the skunks uh, went away, and which is sad, I kind of miss them. They were really comical little creatures to have around, and never a problem, really. It's better for our animals that we don't have the skunks in here, but I miss them anyway. Well, do, you, do you have any imagining of like how the animals feel when the, when the zoo closes and the last visitor leaves? You know, I think about it. I think it really depends on the species and the individual. Uh-huh. I think the chimps are certainly relieved when the crowds go away. They get a little impatient with the antics of people and the noise they make and the ruckus they cause. I think the giraffe appreciate having people here because they're so curious and they enjoy watching them. 
other animals like the elephants or the macaws or the otters. I'm not sure they really care much either way, frankly. Do you get really connected I, to I, the animals? I, I feel connected. I'm not sure it's a mutual connection, but I feel connected and I definitely, I talk to them and sing to them and dance for them. And I get pretty eccentric, I would say. And I'm too shy to probably do a lot of that for you tonight, but Was yeah. you dance for them? Oh, I do all sorts of silly things for the animal. Mostly probably just keeping myself entertained. Oh yeah, I'm ridiculous. I, I talk to the animals all night long and I sing them stupid songs. <laughs> I'm a terrible singer first off, so it's not necessarily a great gift I'm giving anybody, you know. <laughs> they just can't stop me. And I do dumb dances for them and all sorts of things. And I think it's partially a side effect of spending way too much time by myself but partially just because, I mean, these animals are my family and they're the, they are the people in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to entertain them and myself at the same time. And get a little nutty when you're by yourself a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm in a very privileged position. It's, you know, I definitely have the coolest job in the zoo. I think a lot of people don't appreciate how cool the job is because I'm here by myself doing it. But one of the benefits is that I am just kindly Uncle Jason and I come around and put people to bed and give them nighttime snacks. I'm never involved in any sort of veterinary care or anything mildly stressful. So I get a pretty good reception. Jason's not just carting around to the different animal enclosures. He's trudging up and down steep, uneven hills and little trails behind night houses. It's dark and it can be slippery. He gets a good workout. Yeah, it's about, uh, I hike around 10 miles a night. Whoa! So, we're gonna do a little fence hop here. Oh. Think we can handle that? Uh-huh, sure. I could probably open this lock. <laughs> That'd probably be better. I almost certainly have the key. <laughs> Thank you for not making me hop the fence. With a microphone. This is the beginning of shifting the giraffe into the barn. We have six giraffe and three eland. Eland are a large species of African antelope. And I'm gonna throw a little bit of produce out in the exhibit and that will hopefully keep the eland happy and distracted and not involved with the giraffe shifting. So shifting them into the holding area is basically just opening the door and letting them in. I'm not really doing that much except for separating the dominant bull from the rest of the herd. The giraffe are gonna come over and bag and be adorable, most likely. This is Mabusu. This is the dominant bull. This is Kijiji, one of our newer giraffe. We're standing on a platform basically at eye level with the giraffe. Jason is feeding them corn. Oh, sorry, girl. And this is the sound of giraffe chewing. The giraffe are only mildly interested in me and my microphone, but they're sensitive about who's around when they go to bed. So Jason needs me to make myself scarce for their shift to the night house. So I'm gonna cut you loose right now, I guess. And I'll be running down there to shift giraffe. And, um, I guess you should walk back around to reconnect with them. They're, Adam's concerned with keeping everybody Absolutely. Together. Where are they? 
So if you just go down the way we came and around. Back over there? Just okay. To, okay. Just over there. The okay. next, next exhibit down, you, you can't miss it. I'll see you soon. I follow the path around the large giraffe enclosure to find the others. Adam and Isabel joined us tonight to make sure Kent and I stayed safe and didn't wander off somewhere in the dark, and also to do public relations, which is part of their job. Kent stuck with them while I stayed with Jason, so I know they're not far. It's the tail end of dusk, and for this brief moment, I'm alone in the middle of the zoo. Oh yeah, this is summer. Fourth of July is coming up, and Oakland loves its fireworks. I find the others, and then a short time later, Jason joins us, having put the giraffes to bed. Most of the zoo animals are tucked in at this point. You know, we don't have a a lot of very nocturnal animals. Um, So most of the animals kind of conk out at nighttime, with some exceptions, probably the most notable being the otters. The otters are very often super active at night, and we might see them frolicking around when we go down earlier. They have access to the pools all night long. The elephants are still active at night. The lions are very active at dusk, as we saw. But the zoo largely goes to sleep at nighttime. It's pretty pretty quiet here. My favorite part is spending time with the elephants and uh, being in the darkness with them and sharing their meal time with them feels fe- feels intimate with them and. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a welcome sight to them. They're happy to see me and it feels good to just be able to show up and, and feed them. And that for sure is my favorite part. That's the thing I think about that I'm excited about coming to work is spending time with the elephants. The giraffe are lovely too. They're super charming and hilarious. And I enjoy their company a lot. They're like big Muppet creatures, you know? So now we're going to, walk around and throw out some food to the eland on our way to elephants. So this is all for the eland. They'll sleep out here when it's warm and nice like it is now. If it's cold or rainy, they get to go in their stalls. But otherwise, they have much more space out here. It's much better for their welfare. We try to give all the animals as much freedom and freedom of choice as we can possibly afford them. And that's one of my roles, is to make sure that animals get to stay out as long as possible and get feedings at night. You know, our concern for their welfare is a 24-7 thing, so that's my main job, really. So, um, we have three elephants, two females, Donna and Lisa, and a bull named Osh. Looks like everybody is over at the gate right now. So I'm going to be calling security to let them know that I'm going to be near the elephants. They obviously can reach out, so uh, we're never going to get anywhere within six feet of the fence, but nevertheless, I always let somebody know that I'm going to be anywhere near the elephants and then I'll check out when I'm when I'm away from them. Seeing as that I'm usually working alone, that's our safety measure. So I'll be calling the elephants over and Donna and Lisa will come over here and station for me and I'm going to feed them out half of this browse 
and half of their hay from these wheelbarrows. And uh, then we'll hike over and do basically the same thing for Osh, except we won't have to call him. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get anywhere, I would say even 10 feet from the fence line. Okay. Lisa is typically up here. She's the one you want to look out for. If I haven't fed her yet and you're standing around, she might throw something at you to get you to work. Like, hey, you should be feeding me or something. So kind of keep an eye on her. Gonna Lisa Chow time. Come on, girlies. There they come. She's bringing a tire. Yeah, that's her tire. She loves that thing. She carries it around with her everywhere. It's hilarious. She'll set it down very carefully when she's not going to be carrying it and just for eating and stuff. She's a real character. I love Donna. Come on, Lisa, keep it moving. Donna knows what's up. She doesn't miss dinner time. Good girl. Oh, that's a happy girl, huh? Come on, Lisa, keep it moving, girl. Okay, here we go. Got some delicious oak here. One more, because you're a good girl. Okay. So there's the females, and we're gonna hike over and visit Osh. Is she making like humming noises while she eats? Yeah, that's like her happy noise, happy rumbles. So she loves her shoot time. That's Lisa's happy time right there. Yeah, that's, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna stick kind of to the left here. You don't really have to worry about Donna, but we're gonna be extra safe. They're walking sort of inside the elephant enclosure, and there's another gate separating us from the elephants, but we're, we're beyond the fence line that visitors stand behind. Good night, Jason, I'm gonna head out. Good night, Kelly. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Gosh, how you doing, buddy? Good boy. I brought you a visitor. <laughs> so, if you can't tell from this perspective, Osh is considerably larger than the girls. He can reach out probably about this far. So we're gonna stay well back. Um, He's a good boy, but we're always careful. Aren't you? You're a good boy, huh? Yeah. yeah he loves palm. He's going to give you some good crunching sounds here. Do you ever, I know you're working, you always have lots to do, but do you ever just sit and, and just, like, just sit in, in silence? I do, especially when I feed Osh. I really like that guy, and one of the last things I do in the evening is my final feeding of the elephants. And so 
especially when it's a nice night and the stars are out um, or the moon is out. A lot of times when I go up there to feed him, I'll find him up in the meadow, just, you know, taking it all in too. And there's something really relaxing about being there with an elephant eating. And a lot of times, if I, if I have the time, I'll just sit there for, you know, five or 10 minutes uh, while he's eating and just, uh, just be there with him. And I really enjoy that. And in a few days on Independence Day, pretty much every Independence Day since I've worked here, when I come up to feed him at the last feeding at 10 o'clock, of course, Oakland is erupting in fireworks. And usually Ash will be right up there on the high part of this meadow, just looking out over Oakland and taking it all in. Even without the fireworks, you can see the glow of the city in the sky overhead. But down on the ground, in amongst the animals, it's an entirely different world. The zoo is very dark at nighttime. The biggest question I get usually from people is whether I'm scared here. Nah, it's, it's not scary here at night. There's been a couple times when there was a raccoon or something in the bushes that I had, I had to stop and be like, that is certainly a raccoon in the bushes. And of course it is every time. Sometimes when I'm feeding the elephants, with the lions calling at night, I'll feel something behind me and look over with my headlamp and you'll see big giant eyeballs really far apart. And that sort of hits something primal. The only, the only time I've ever had something startle me, and it's kind of funny, was uh, Moses, who's our dominant male chimpanzee. What he has is a little Fisher-Price car. And uh, normally the chimps are very quiet in, in the evening, but one night he decided he was gonna start zooming that thing around. And uh, it was really loud and echoing around and I just could not identify the sound. And my blood just curdled for about five seconds until I finally was like, okay, those are plastic wheels I'm hearing. And now I understand what it is, it's okay. But you know, more comical than scary. I feel really, really safe in the zoo, safer here than I do outside of the zoo. And I've always felt safer in the dark, but I certainly feel safer in the dark behind all these fences and walls in here amongst the animals, uh, it's the safest place ever. Jason goes and checks the elephant water bowls and then peeks in on the savanna reptiles. Then we head to our last stop, the flamingos. So there are, there's a gaggle, I don't think that's the right term, but there's a gaggle of pink flamingos milling about beside their pond and their waterfall. So it looks like we just missed Mr. Raven, who comes around pretty frequently around this time of night. Just heard him scolding us and flying away. I'm gonna come over here and uh, tell him it's time to go to bed in the same way I did to rabbits. And it's really similar to rabbit shift and I'll come through the night house, which is behind the waterfall. And then I'll sort of gently corral them into the night house, but they're gonna wanna go. So they'll, they'll go march again once they get their nerve together and decide it's time. And like with the rabbits, the flamingos take a moment to decide whether they actually want to go to bed. As a group, they all walk one way, and then another, and then back and forth a few times. It's pretty typical, especially with something unusual going on. They can be a little flighty, but that was pretty good. That was about normal. Usually it takes about a minute. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. So that's it for shifting animals to bed. Jason will move on now to other tasks around the zoo. 
When we leave, he'll be the only human left here in the darkness. That's more than fine with him. The world quiets down and gets more serene at night, and, and I've always found comfort in that. What we're experiencing right now is part of it. It's peaceful and it's quiet. And the sound of the leaves, you know, in the wind, and um, with the, all the chaos and the noise of the town and the rest of our life, coming in here is a, a real refuge. And it's kind of a shame in a way that more people can't experience the zoo the way I do because it's absolutely heavenly. It's so quiet and wonderful in here at nighttime. I feel like the luckiest guy on earth. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Don't forget to check out Radiolab, a great podcast for deep dives into fascinating questions with super innovative sound design and amazing storytelling. Listen right here in your podcast player. After what we think was a disappointing year... Here at Radiolab, we got obsessed with flops. Fun flops, painful flops, embarrassing flops. Hot, steaming pile of garbage. Flippity flops, flops that make your dreams come true. Flops that set you free. From Radiolab, an homage to the flop. Are you in pain? Wherever you get podcasts. Find out more about past episodes of Nocturne, see all the beautiful artwork created by Magdalena Matryka, and more at nocturnepodcast.org. Till next time, thanks for listening.